Today we're going to talk about what happens in the brain when we're meditating or when we meditate over a period of time. Right. Uh, when, we, when we take on meditation or mindfulness, um, maybe uh, meditation more broadly, mindfulness maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more specifically, um, right. when we take that on as a routine practice. That's right. And it, um, meditation, we'll talk first about meditation, comes in many forms. Right. Um, and one of them is a spiritual experience. Right. Okay. And it, it is rooted be, in, a, in, a, in spirituality and in religious practices. Right, because the, the, the concept of meditation goes back mm -hmm. thousands of years. And it's usually, it's often rooted in religious practices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The uh, early Hindu mm -hmm. uh, writers who talked about meditation, it was part of their religious practice. Mm -hmm. And um, so whether it's prayer or meditation or mm -hmm. whatever, um, and, and in the Catholic, I don't, I don't know about other religions specifically, but in the Catholic religion, um, priests and nuns and monks, particularly nuns and monks, um, spent um, significant amounts of time in prayer and meditation. Right. They call it a prayer and meditation. And so the, the question becomes, um, it, are there brain changes mm -hmm. that we can track um, in people who have... Um, who spend significant amounts of time mm -hmm. um, in spiritual uh, experiences or in meditation. Right. Now, there is a little bit of a difference here. One is a spiritual experience, right. and we don't mean close encounters of the third kind, but right. we're talking right. about people who feel that they have had significant religious experiences, because right. that's going to be one of the things that researchers studied. Mm -hmm. And the other issue is meditation itself. Mm -hmm. So we want to um, sure. keep those two things separate right. as we talk. Now, there have been studies that ha have demonstrated that the brain uh, presents in a particular way when a person is in a meditative or, or, or spiritually influenced state. Right. Um, they, they have actually done some pretty fascinating studies uh, as it relates yeah. to that. Um, Again, demonstrating that there are uh, there there are certain characteristics of the way that we're thinking and the way that our brain is processing information during those times. Yeah, we tell people uh, who who experience stress or depression to uh, meditate to right. to um, spend some time trying to calm your brain, right. calm it down, and everything. So the process of meditation seems to have some mm -hmm. effect on the brain, but we've never been able to document it right. before. It's only recently that we have the technology to document changes. Right. Yeah, so we, we, have, uh, we have this neuroimaging mm -hmm. and, and, and other techniques that we can use to look at what's happening in the brain during some of these um, meditative or, or, again, kind of broadly speaking, spiritual right. types of um, events. Mm -hmm. And we find that there are changes that help with a variety of issues, including depression right. and stress mm -hmm. and anxiety and stuff. Right. Yeah, there's been... I didn't mean to startle you. No. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I can't get um, situated here. Um, one of the things... Uh, the study that this reports, that uh, and it's in the show notes, um, is a group of Carmelite nuns... Mm -hmm and Mormons, mm -hmm. both of whom, so, so we have two different groups right. um, doing the same thing. And the study was done 
I guess they were researchers from Yale and from Teachers College uh, at Columbia University, right. the Yale University School of Medicine. I'm sure that's where the MRI studies mm -hmm. were done. Okay, um, at, and the and the the researcher is uh, Lisa Miller, Professor Lisa Miller, and she has done some earlier research that said that the, that the parietal lobe in particular mm -hmm. seems to become um, uh, more active or less active um, when people are meditating. So, right. so they've talked what what they call in MRI talk region of interest, mm -hmm. ROI. Mm -hmm. So the region of interest in the study was the parietal lobe based on the work of Lisa Miller. And these are really interesting procedures that they use, yeah. you know, the, to, to how do you study this thing. Right. So it's kind of groundbreaking research just in terms of the procedures that they use. Right. right. And, and we've, we've, we've said those kind of things about a lot of studies. And I, I think that's one thing that I always find very interesting um, is the way in which uh, researchers develop studies to right. look at something so specific. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating what they did is they took these, um, these two groups and um, they asked them to recount a personal spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And rather than um, limiting it to a religious experience, right. it didn't have to be religious, but spiritual in a broader mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And so they asked people uh, to, to do two things while they were, while their MRI scans, right. while they were being scanned. And the two things they were asked to talk about or think about, one of them was a personal spiritual experience. Now, some people did talk about their mm -hmm. religious experiences. Others talked about um, being in the zone, like athletes talk about being in the right. zone. Absolutely. And that would be uh, that would also be uh, classified as a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it didn't have to be religious, but spiritual. So they scanned them while they were talking about that, and then they brought them back and they asked them to recount a stressful experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they had uh, the groups of, of nuns and um, Mormons, Mormons, mm -hmm. and they had them do two different things, a recount a spiritual experience and recount a stressful experience, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And they found... Oh, the, go ahead. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you were going to keep they, going. They found that the stressful experience, the, the stressful experience the temp the parietal lobe became more active mm -hmm. and in the spiritual experience it became less active and that's right. that's important so spiritual experiences make that area less active and the um, stressful experience make it more active mm -hmm. and the significance of that is that this part of the brain has something to do with how we think about others. Right. Okay. How we think about ourselves, how we think about others. And people who have thickening in that area um, are more altruistic. Right. People who have thinning in that area are more depressed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the significance is an area of the brain that has been associated with depression becomes um, less active. Mm -hmm. In people who are who have spiritual experiences, right? Yeah. <coughs> so, so you know, a, a lot of this is generalization because the the brain isn't quite as clear cut as you know mm -hmm. as we we 
like right. to imagine it to be. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, the there have been has been research for going back for a long time that suggests right. that the right hemisphere is involved um, in uh, more social related right. things, while while the left hemisphere is very involved in communication language. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, for example, there, there was uh, you know talk for a, a, a long time looking at autism and they thought that you know autism kind of affected both um, mm -hmm. yeah. both hemispheres in that way whereas something like Asperger's which you know isn't in the current DSM mm -hmm. but is a disorder characterized by the social difficulties that we see with autism without the language part language and so they were saying that right. Asperger's was maybe more related to right hemisphere right. difficulties so we, we <laughs> have that um, that challenge uh, right. that, that presents there. So when we look at these studies and we see some mm -hmm. of the overactivity or underactivity, depending on what's going on, uh, whether it's a stressful um, event that they're trying to recollect or mm -hmm. a, a spiritual, it is fascinating because that is a very direct, very uh, immediate right. modification in the functioning and, and activity in those areas of the brain. Right, and that's why these region region of interest studies right. are so valuable because you identify, and we do the same thing with genetics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's so many, 27,000 genes, we right. can't study all of them, so you get genes of interest. Mm -hmm. in, in, okay. So you do the same thing with the brain. There's a thousand different right. regions of the yeah. brain, and so you you can't study everything, mm -hmm. nor should you, right. because if you study too many things, you're gonna find something important. So you find regions of interest, right? And this, the right hemisphere is also the part of the brain that um, understands mm -hmm. social cues, right? But also, it expresses emotion. Mm -hmm. It understands emotion and it expresses emotion. Right. So it's not surprising that that something in the right hemisphere mm -hmm. would be would be involved, right, in spirituality and in depression. Absolutely. Yeah. So. You know, when we think about a person who's depressed or a person who is stressed, we'll talk about stress in just a moment, mm -hmm. uh, but when we talk about people who are experiencing those symptoms right. and we want to find a way for immediate relief, you know, I MRI scans don't last days, right. you know, so we're talking about individuals who were in an MRI scan, um, they're, they're loud, and mm -hmm. so it requires a great deal of work right. to focus and to to get yes, into right. that state, and so these end up, these people were just recounting. They weren't even necessarily in a meditative state or in a you know right. spiritually enhanced state. Um, they were just thinking about they a time when they were, right. and it had that kind of an effect on their brain. So mm -hmm. it, it's a profound finding right. that really encourages the recommendation and the use of meditation and, and that type of thinking. Um, or that type of um, intervention right. to, to deal with stress and depression. Right, and, and when you think about a person like a Carmelite nun who they do their morning prayers and their evening prayers and they pray several times during the day over meals and different mm -hmm. things, um, that's a significant, compared to the rest of us, it's a significant amount of time right. spent doing these activities. And so it uh, makes a wonderful population mm -hmm. to study. Mm -hmm. And we know that meditation is related to a change in our emotional state, right. whether it's to reduce stress or to make ourselves feel better or get rid of intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we know that we have some control. Right. Um, and, it's, and it's really illuminating 
to finally find what areas of the brain are involved right. in these things. And so this, it's, a, it's really a good contribution that Miller and these other researchers are making right. to, the, to our understanding of, you know, we, we began this week by saying we poo-poo this stuff, and a lot of people mm -hmm. consider it hippie, yeah. tree-hugging, that sort of stuff. But we know there's value mm -hmm. to this. And, and so what we want to talk about this week is what are we learning, what do we know, right. um, and try to um, um, adopt some of these right. meditation and mindfulness procedures. Because right. they are valuable and they do work. Right, mm -hmm. no, absolutely. And you know, when I talk to patients about using yeah. these, I often encourage them to, to consider <laughs> the idea that many times, very often, the use of these techniques mm -hmm. are equal to and if not superior to medication. To medication. Mm -hmm. And and uh, again, we're going to talk more about that as the week progresses, but right. you know, this is one of those sets of studies that mm -hmm. shows that you can create significant changes in the brain pretty quickly. That's what's surprising is mm -hmm. how fast it happens. Um, and you're right. We we all know that medication makes changes in the brain. Mm -hmm. But here's a non-medical approach right. that could also make change. It really does make real structural changes right. in your brain. Right. Okay. So yeah. if you're not um, one who uh, wants to uh, move toward medication, uh, meditation and mindfulness gives you a mm -hmm. really good um, alternative. Right. Now there's a second article mm -hmm. listed in the show notes, right. um, and this one is um, from virtual, the Virtual Medis Medical Center, right. um, actually from Australia. Mm -hmm. And what this article suggests from uh, some research, right. that doing mindfulness meditation, so we were talking about meditation sort of generally uh, just right. a moment ago with the last paper, but in this one we're going to talk about uh, mindfulness meditation more specifically. They found that there are uh, significant changes in the brain right. that occur um, after doing mindfulness meditation right. just for, uh, for eight, eight weeks. weeks. Right. Um, so, and, and when they're talking about changes, they're not talking about just subtle even immediate changes right. like what we were talking about just a moment ago where there's a little bit less activity mm -hmm. in that area. We're talking about significant changes. Right. Yeah, structural structural change. Right. And when we did the first article, the, the question immediately arises, well, how long do I have to meditate or mm -hmm. how long does mm -hmm. it take? So we found the second article right. which addresses that issue. And this was a study done, I think it was done at Massachusetts General Hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, this is a major research facility right. in Boston. Uh, th these folks know what they're doing. So it's a reputable uh, research facility. And what they found is um, they had participants come in and do an eight-week mm -hmm. intervention. Mm -hmm. So they trained them and, and allowed them mm -hmm. to practice. And the sessions were 27 minutes. On the, average. The, right. Mm -hmm. The meditation So people say, well, how long do I have to do it? These were 27 minutes right. on average, a little bit more, a little bit less. And over a period of eight weeks. And, and it was mindfulness um, exercises, not right. necessarily specific to meditation, right. but mindfulness exercises. And as we spoke about yesterday, mindfulness exercises could mean you're sitting in Starbucks right. and you're really um, exploring, you know, your your immediate your, surroundings, what right. the coffee tastes like and smells mm -hmm. like, and the sounds of the right. environment. We're not talking about sitting in a yoga position right. or in a silent room. Right. Mindfulness you can do anywhere, right. and and it's just. Uh, thinking about uh, in uh, what we talked about yesterday was thinking about your senses. Right. Uh, what are you tasting? What are you smelling? Right. What are you feeling? 
and so it can be done anywhere. It can be done right. on, the, on the fly. It can be done in a, a on a commute to work. Right. Um, so mindfulness um, can be done anywhere, and if you do it for about twenty seven minutes a day, and mm -hmm. about eight weeks, right. there are structural changes that occur in parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. That are involved in memory. Right. There's the a change in the hippocampus. Mm -hmm. It's interesting this hippocampus business because we know that stress damages the hippocampus, right. and this helps yeah. the hippocampus. Exactly. You know? uh, we did those veterans. We've studied veterans, and we know that they have damage um, to the hippocampus, right. reduction in size. And here we have an increase in size mm -hmm. if you meditate, right. if, you, if you if you practice mindfulness. Absolutely. So that was fascinating. The amygdala is another structure right. that seemed to be affected. And We've talked about the amygdala many right. times about emotion how it senses mm -hmm. uh, threats, and, uh, and, and other areas associated <coughs> with things like introspection and, mm -hmm. and sort of um, compassion and self awareness and some of those regions of the brain that are right. generally associated with those characteristics were also enhanced. Which is what Professor Miller, right. the the first study we talked mm -hmm. about, is that she said it's those areas of the brain, and this study corroborated mm -hmm. what the earlier study said. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so. Check out these two articles mm -hmm. because they they demonstrate that you know not only is is, is it helpful in the immediate to, to sort of decrease right. your stress and help manage things in your in your immediate state, mm -hmm. but over a period of time, these practices are going to change your brain and and help um, help make those effects more long lasting so mm -hmm. that you can feel less stressed throughout the day, not just when you're right. meditating. Right. Yeah, you've all heard of, uh, you see advertisements about brain plasticity right. and, you know, what's really happening. In some areas of the brain are, are more difficult to change. Mm -hmm. But um, in this case, I think if you're talking about a few minutes a day for an mm -hmm. eight week, this might be worth uh, giving it a try. You know, Absolutely. again, you don't have to do formal yoga poses and quiet rooms and, and all that and humming and all that stuff. Uh, there are a number of ways to do mm -hmm. this, whatever works for you. But um, it's worth considering because these are, now are they permanent changes? Um, if you keep doing it, yes. Right. Um, I mean, you, if you stop, you'll, you'll, you'll yeah. have some decay. Which is, the same, which is the same with anything. Same with anything, right? right. Doesn't matter. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, give right. it a try. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. Mm -hmm.